The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven fempreneurs learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Turn your dreams into actionable, marketable, and profitable plans and make your business irresistible. Hey, Bombshells, welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. This is episode three, and today we are going to get started on a three-part series uh, related to my business success pyramid. So today is part one, and we're going to be talking about company culture. Part two, we're going to talk about how your brand rests on that culture. So we'll be talking about your business brand. And then part three, we'll ultimately talk about how your personal brand finishes off the top of this business success pyramid that I teach, not only to my bombshells, but also Fortune 500 companies. So this is tried and true. Uh, People have bought into this. Um, And uh, genuinely, if you have these three components solid in your business, then you will find success. Of course, you got to get in there and you've got to grind until you're winning. But um, these three layers will definitely lead you to exactly where you want to go in business um, and in life. Because if you have a happy business, you have a happy life, right? Okay, so... I know when you think about company culture, you think about like Zappos or Google or these really big brands. And and I'm going to use some big brands and examples today, but I just really want you to know that you don't have to be a big business to have a strong company culture. It keeps you focused on the business that you dreamed you would be operating. So no matter how big you get or how many different offerings that you have, you can always come back uh, to that original foundation that you laid out and, and honor that company culture. It also helps you attract and retain the right employees who are like-minded. And all of that ultimately spills over into incredible customer experiences because everybody's singing the same song. You're, you're, you're getting everybody to buy into this culture, whether it's vendors or whoever. So it's super important. Okay, I feel like I can talk about this all day, so we're going to have to really dial in. Let's let's get going. Let's start with the foundation. What the heck is a company culture anyways? It's like the social norms, right? The, like a culture. When you think about a Southern culture, that's very different than a Southern Californian culture. Um, or even a European culture is going to be different than a culture in the United States. So it's social norms. It's the family rules of your business, if you will, to establish consistent expectations among all levels. If you're in the South, you just know that you sit a spell and you drink sweet tea. That's what you do. Everybody expects that, right? Okay, not everybody. We're a little more um, diverse than that now. But anybody in the South who's listening can kind of giggle along with me. Um, and so you want that that experience, that feeling, those things that you just do that you don't have to think about doing. You want that to be 
consistent among all team members, whether that's employees, whether that's management, vendors, like I talked about, or even you. Um, Now, when you're trying to find right fits in your company culture, I like to refer to um, kind of like the dating experience, right? So you're you're thinking maybe this is getting serious. Um, you're you're dating somebody, and then you start hanging out with their family more. And maybe in your family, when you were growing up, Christmas is celebrated on Christmas, and maybe in your uh, boyfriend's family, it's a big deal. Um, Christmas Eve. So culturally, you have different standards in how you're operating. Maybe in your family, um, when you go on vacation, everybody shares a big house and it's a big to-do. And maybe in their family, when they go on vacation, they stay in a hotel and everybody has their separate room. So that's just how they've always grown up. Maybe in your family, if you said, I hate you, you'd get knocked into next week. And maybe your family didn't really scream a lot or, or yell a lot at each other. But then you fall in love with this other person and you find out that they say mean things to their siblings and they don't think anything of it. Or every family gathering, people are screaming at each other. And you're like, whoa, I don't know if my family values and my family norms can fit with this crazy family that vacations differently than me and celebrates holidays different than me. And they talk to each other differently. I'm not sure if those two things can ultimately sustain alongside each other. So then you meet that family. You're like, uh, I really like this guy, but maybe he's not for me because I don't see myself fitting into that family culture. Okay. Now that you've kind of got that everyday life type experience in your mind, think about your employee base. Think about, who's coming in, and maybe they know how to do the job, but maybe the type of culture that they're coming in with, the way that they do business, the way that they do life, their values, the way that they see things, what they think is appropriate behavior versus inappropriate behavior, that might not jive with your company culture. Or maybe somebody comes and they interview and everybody's like, this just feels right. That is company culture. That person has a culture that fits with your culture inherently and naturally. So when you have a very strong company culture, you can automatically identify those right fits. So it's what's going on inside of your business. Your company culture is the internal foundation of everything. Your culture is not your brand. Your brand is how your audience or your customers see you. It's what they think about you. It's not who you say that you are. Um, Well, I take that back. Let's reverse. It is who you say you are and what they think about you, but it's not inherently who you are. So um, hopefully you will have such a strong company culture that it will shine through your brand and that you can authentically say, this is what our brand is. And people actually believe that about you. And we'll get way more into that in the next episode when we're talking about brand and what your brand is and what your brand promises and your brand reputation. But today we're going to stick to culture. So that's mission. That's your company values. That's your service standards. That's your people practices. And sometimes uh, companies like to have vision, like where you want to go and what your future is going to look like. So let's start with mission. What is your company mission? What is it that you are committing to do and who you want to be, like inherently be, not what you want to be known for, but 
who you inherently are. I'm going to go with one of my favorite brands, American Express. I love them. I can call them. They can book hotels for me. They um, they just have a really high level of service. And um, so I want to begin with them, with both their mission and their values. They're, they're posted right on their website. They're very proud of their culture. So their mission is to be the world's most respected service brand. To do this, We have established a culture that supports our team members so they can provide exceptional service to our customers. Now, I just had an experience with um, American Express. Um, My husband booked some travel, and they didn't really tie it all up with a pretty bow, which is very strange for Amex Platinum. Very, very strange, because they do have this ridiculous level of service. So I called back and was like, um, I could have done this with my left hand on my smartphone while eating a sandwich. And this is part of like the fee that we pay. So I don't understand why it wasn't done. And they went above and beyond. They made it right. They fixed it. And I was not upset whatsoever. I just wanted them to handle it. And the way that they delivered on the service, even in a make it right opportunity like that, shows me that this is their mission, that everybody who answers that phone and and deals with a customer uh, believes in that desire to be the world's most respected service brand. So now let's move on to their values. Your values are like the measuring stick and how you make decisions. Really, your entire company culture is, but your values is kind of where um, the rubber meets the road. So it's if if things don't align with your values, it's a no go. So American Express calls theirs their blue block. Excuse me, their blue box values. Um, it's to reflect who they are and what they stand for. So their first one is customer commitment. They say we develop relationships that make a positive difference in our customers' lives. Definitely quality. We provide outstanding products and unsurpassed service that together deliver premium value to our customers. Integrity. We uphold the highest standards of integrity in all of our actions. Teamwork. We work together across boundaries to meet the needs of our customers and to help the company win. Now, here's a big deal. A lot of times you'll hear somebody say, well, that's not my job. Uh, yeah, it is. And so this teamwork value while that might not be something that you promote in your branding is something behind the scenes that is integral to the customer experience. If somebody is working one shift, let's just say that somebody booked at your spa and somebody is working on one shift and they were supposed to follow up and they didn't pass that baton to the person who was coming in for the next shift to be able to handle that. Or maybe if the next shift's person said, well, that was your customer and I'm not dealing with that, or I don't know enough about that situation. I'm just going to let that ball drop. Oh, well, that's not teamwork. And then ultimately that customer is not going to be a happy camper. So again, these are behind the scenes things. Continuing on with American Express um, values is respect for people. We value our people, encourage their development, and reward their performance. Again, that has nothing to do with you, the customer, me, the customer. That has everything to do with their employees and their internal family values, if you will. Good citizenship. We are good citizens in the communities in which we live and work. I know American Express does a lot of community work and a lot of volunteerism, um, pay their employees to do uh, such things. 
Um, their next value is a will to win. I love that. I'm pretty competitive. I love reading that that's a value of theirs. We exhibit a strong will to win in the marketplace and in every aspect of our business. Personal accountability is the next one. We per- we are personally accountable for delivering on our commitments. So as you can see with the mission to be the world's best service, um, uh, to provide exceptional service and to be known as the best service provider, these are the things that they have to hold valuable within their day-to-day operations and all the decisions that they make and all the uh, business interactions that they have. They have to reflect those values in order to maintain and, and aspire for that mission. Um, so we have mission, we have values. Let's talk about service basics. Um as you all know, I have a deep history um, in hospitality, and uh, I especially enjoy working with and training um, in uh, the spa industry, which is not quite hospitality, I guess, but it, it can cross over um, spa and, and salon industry with uh, my bombshells. But when I'm working in Fortune 500, that's going to be more resorts. So I'm going to use the Carlton to talk about service basics. And just like with your mission and your values, if you don't already have those strongly established, I want you to start jotting down ideas. So be thinking about those service basics that you can implement that all team members would adhere to. Um, So this is a standard of, of, of expectation that team members follow when serving their customers. Uh, Ritz Carlton again has a super strong company culture, and it's it's all laid out on their website, and um, they refer to it as their gold standards. That's what they call their culture. So um, among that culture's service basics, and they start with three steps of service: a warm and sincere greeting. Number two is use the guest's name, anticipation, and fulfillment of each guest's need. And then number three is a fond farewell. Give a warm goodbye and use the guest's name. That's pretty easy. I mean, that's like kind of no-brainer stuff, right? Like you acknowledge the human before you and you use their name and you anticipate what they might need. And then you make sure that they feel good when they when they leave and that you've used their name again and they feel like they were a part of an experience with you. But they don't stop there. They have service values and not to be confused with their actual values. This is um, how they respond and interact with their guests. So number one, I build strong relationships and create Ritz Carlton guests for life. And if you know anybody who stays at Ritz Carlton's, you know, they're diehard loyal fans, like Apple loyal type, um, guests. Number two is I'm always responsive to the expressed and unexpressed wishes and needs of our guests. Now, what do you think that company has to do in order to empower them to be responsive to unexpressed wishes and needs of their guests? What does that look like in your business? What would that look like for you if you could empower your employees to not only look for what your customers are asking for, but being acutely aware of what they're not asking for and delivering on it before it ever came, what type of brand do you think you would be able to establish and be known for if you had that kind of cultural piece in place? 
power, powerful stuff. Okay, so number three um, of their service basics is I am empowered to create unique, memorable, and personal experiences for our guests. Number four, I understand my role in achieving the key success factors, which I'm going to assume is their kind of their KPMs or um, key performance metrics, their annual goals, if you will, embracing community footprints and creating the Ritz-Carlton mystique. Now, those are all other brand elements that, or excuse me, cultural elements that I won't get into, but um, they're basically saying one of the things that they're doing with their customers in their service standards is also upholding these other elements of their culture. Okay, number five, I continuously seek opportunities to innovate and improve the Ritz-Carlton experience. What? Wouldn't that be awesome if all of your team members were constantly looking for ways to improve your business and were very passionate about that and excited about helping you improve your business? That's if you just told people when they're when they became an employee, like, hey, Here's the thing. I'm not a know-it-all. And while I run this business, I want you to help me make it even better. You are part of something greater. I'm a part of something greater, and I want to include you in that. How much harder do you think those employees are going to work, and how much greater do you think they're going to treat your customers? Number six, I own I love this. I own and immediately resolve guest problems. What? Again, if everybody owned problems instead of passing the buck, your customers would be so happy and much, much happier than environments where somebody goes, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I'm not sure whose job that is. Number seven, I create a work environment of teamwork and lateral service so that the needs of our guests and each other are met each other. Also, they treat each other as well as they treat their customers. Number eight, I have the opportunity to continuously learn and grow, especially in service industry, which I know most of you who are listening are in the service industry um, or in a service industry, whether that's, um, you know, a spa, a a salon, like I was saying, a yoga studio, a um, a CrossFit gym. Um, You know, you might be a wellness coach or an attorney or a real estate agent. Those are all um, things that um, are all opportunities where there's constant um, need for staying on top of the industry and staying on top of new ways of thinking about things and having a lot of professional development opportunities. If you're if you're affording that to yourself and to your team, then you're going to be able to grow with the industry and keep your customers very very satisfied. Um, now they have a lot of these, so so bear with me. I've just got a few more. Um, number nine, I'm involved in the planning of work that affects me. Again, very powerful statement. Number 10, I'm proud of my professional appearance, language, and behavior. Now, can we just put a pause out here? Because I know it is so hard when somebody comes in to work and they have not put on their deodorant and you have to address that. That is an uncomfortable thing. But what if you could have that conversation in a very dignified way and just remind them that a service basic is that they are proud of their professional appearance, language, and behavior. Part of interacting with the public is looking, smelling, and just being well-groomed, right? So that is, again, it's, it's instead of having to go up to somebody and be like, you know, I think you need to start using deodorant, you can just say, you know, in light of, of our culture and the things that we've committed to and our service basics, I think there's some room for improvement in this area. Here's the example. Can you commit to, 
number 10. And then they've already agreed to that upon being hired. So it's a less difficult conversation because you've already gotten the bot, the buy-in. You're just reminding them of that commitment. Um, and that could go for blouses that are cut too short or wrinkled clothes or, um, you know, anything that does not jive with the culture that you want to have and ultimately the brand that you want to be known for. Um, I protect number 11, I protect the privacy and security of our guests, my fellow employees and the company's confidential information and assets. Um, again, this is a very, very important rule for all of you brick and mortars and small towns. Um, that is super important that your employees aren't talking about your customers while they're, you know, having cocktails with their girlfriends at Chili's and everybody around them can hear them. Super important that that um, is one of those basic understandings. And of course, you know, the Ritz probably has a whole lot more in the line with credit card numbers and all kinds of uh, information that is stored and shared with lots of different people. So that might not be as big of a deal, but even just somebody coming in and talking about their family life needs to be kept um, uh, sacred. And last but not least, number 12, I'm responsible for uncompromising levels of cleanliness and creating a safe and accident-free environment. What would that look like in your business if everybody was like a neat freak? At Gaylord, we used to call it the pickup club and all the way to the senior vice president. I mean, I he saw trash that I couldn't see like a mile away and he'd be the first person to pick it up because he never wanted a guest or another employee to see any type of unclean environment and such a beautiful resort that everybody was so proud of. So again, recapping, we have our mission, we have our vision, or if if you want a vision of, of where you want to go, um, but usually small businesses, there's not as much of a vision statement. So we will have a mission, we have our values that we measure our decisions against, we have our service basics that are the bare minimums of service that all the other kind of this is this and that is that rely upon. But if you have those service basics, it's, it's kind of like you don't have to really address anything else because everybody's bought into some pretty basic ideology. And then, of course, you need to have some people practices established in your company culture. Um, everybody needs to have a standard in which they can hold um, each other, um, hold their managers, and even hold owners to. Um, so at the Ritz-Carlton, they have an employee promise and that is at the Ritz-Carlton, our ladies and gentlemen are the most important resource in our service commitment to our guests by applying the principles of trust, honesty, respect, integrity, and commitment. We nurture and maximize talent to the benefit of each individual and the company. The Ritz-Carlton fosters a work environment where diversity is valued, quality of life is enhanced, individual aspirations are fulfilled, and the Ritz-Carlton mystique is strengthened. Now, if I'm an employee and on any given day, I don't feel like the decision that was made valued diversity, or if I don't feel like the decision that was made was full of integrity or that I was being valued and, and that I was being benefited as an individual while also benefiting in uh, the, the company, then that's something I can just say like, hey, this is a promise you made to me and I don't think it's being upheld. Um, I don't want you to be scared of having an employee promise. Uh, I know sometimes that might feel like, well, they can come back to me on anything if I'm if I change my mind and it's my business. 
you don't have to turn your power over to your employees to promise them a particular work environment. You can promise them personal development. You can promise them that all decisions that are going to be made will be made with them in mind as well and their families and the fact that they are choosing to work and build your business. Um, and, and you can also promise basic things like valuing diversity and um, ensuring that people are growing and learning and, and becoming better versions of themselves while they're also helping you create a better version of your business. So sit there and think about that for a little bit. If you were an employee in your business, what would you want promised to you? So the reason why all of this matters, again, is you want to hire to the culture before you even hire to a skill set. I mean, you can teach someone to run a cash register, like this is a button you push at the end of the day, this is the report that you fill out, but you can't really teach somebody to just smile. You can't teach somebody to get excited about your customer base. Um, you can't teach attitude or just knowing that you're supposed to come to work clean and well-groomed and well um presenting yourself well, that's stuff that would be a lot harder to change or values or integrity. If somebody doesn't have that in them when they show up to work for you, it's going to be a long journey to get them there. But if somebody shows up with all those things that are important to you and you just have to slow down and train them to do the job, that's the easy part. So keep that in mind. And it also enables you this this whole concept of having an employee uh, company culture rather um, helps you show your employees how their job fits into the big picture, which keeps them engaged. It keeps them interested. It keeps them wanting and hungering for more within your company. And it, and it creates that family environment where they enjoy coming to work. They enjoy the challenge and it, it doesn't feel like they are an outsider um, trying to fit into this family. And like I said, it's a, it's a measuring stick. It's a unifying standard. All decisions, whether that's your goal setting, your employee conduct, how you handle recognition, how you handle discipline, how you handle um, customer feedback, how you handle customer issues, that's all made with the culture serving as that measuring stick. And trust and loyalty, not only with your employees, but with your customers are built through this common set of family standards. Um, a few statistics for you, if, if you're not totally bought in at this point, uh, according to a Deloitte study that was done recently, uh, culture engagement and employer retention are top challenges for leaders. 50% this year, as opposed to only 20% last year, say that. So you, you can no longer ignore having this type of culture in favor of just focusing on tasks and to-dos and operational type management. You really need to create that that culture in order to lead your team, not just micromanage your team on very specific tasks and jobs. Um, another study a few years ago revealed that 75% of employees who leave their jobs voluntarily are not actually quitting their jobs, they're quitting their bosses. So again, if you want to hang out in recruiting land all the time, then by all means, ignore having a company culture. But if you prefer 
for people to stay and, and believe in you and, and buy into you or believe in your managers and buy into them, then you might want to ensure that your company culture is, is living and breathing and being talked about all the time in your, in your company, whether that's in your company newsletter, if you're big enough to have one of those, or if it's just a section in your break room, or if it's in stand up or a pre-shift type environment. Um, and, and I do encourage you to not only uh, create your company culture, but figure out how that is going to live and breathe in your, in your business. And, and I would encourage you also to share your company culture with your customers so they can see that. Um, you know, we talk a lot about uh, marketing and, and kind of doing the behind the curtain type posts on social media and showing your employees and, um, you know, showing a team meeting or, or something like that, showing an employee promotion. Those are all tangible ways that you can take that internal family set of rules, if you will, and then share that with your external audience and allow it to infuse uh, your company brand. So again, let's, let's recap real quick. Um, we want to have a strong company culture with a mission, maybe a vision, if that's something that you, you want to have for your business, um, your values, your service basics, and your people practices. And if you have those things in place, then you have um, a much more solid business than most small businesses around. So go to amberhurdle.com forward slash episode zero three and download the worksheet that I have put together so that you can lay out or evaluate your current company culture. Maybe, maybe it's overcomplicated. Uh, maybe it's too much for your employees to remember. If they can't quickly remember the basics of your culture, um, it's really not going to be able to live and breathe. So even if you have one, I encourage you to download this worksheet and just see on paper, is this something that's digestible? Is this something we can all buy into? And even if you're a solopreneur, don't forget your own brand, um, whether it's uh, your company brand or your personal brand, your brand rests on this foundational element of your business. So you can't get to skip it either, even if it's just little old you and your decision making, your goal setting will be so much easier for you when you have a tool in which to measure everything against. So I hope this was a helpful episode. I'm very passionate about this. I feel like I really did a high level flyover of something that I literally dig into for weeks and weeks with companies that I work with. Um, but maybe it'll get you a great jump start. So be sure you tune in to the next episode and we'll be talking about the next layer of my business success pyramid. And that's your company brand, which I think is a little more, um, common practice for people to expect having a brand. Um, of course, that you can't have that without that first foundation of culture. Uh, I sincerely hope that you enjoyed this episode and, and the podcast in general, and I hope you're getting great value from it. And if you are, I would cherish your rating and review. Just go to iTunes and give it that hopefully five-star review. I would definitely want it to be honest, um, but I'm crossing my fingers that you would give it a five stars and let others know why you love the Bombshell Business Podcast and maybe let them know why they should be listening to it too. This helps with my visibility. It helps me reach and help more people. This is a free resource. I know not everybody can afford to work with me one-on-one -on -one or even take my program. So it's a real honor and privilege to be able to share this information for free via this podcast. Um, and be sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode um, because really, I just kind of like hanging out with you.
So in the meantime, don't forget to be bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident in your business and life, because that is exactly what makes a bombshell. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources and be sure to tune in again. Cheers to you, Bombshell.